Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Scandal and dishonor will follow, and all will fall upon me like a thunderbolt. Blindly, pitilessly, Aramis approached Fouquet, who sat trembling in his chair, close to the open drawers. He placed his hand on his shoulder, and in an affectionate tone of voice said, Do not forget that the position of Monsieur Fouquet can in no way be compared to that of Semblance or of Marini. And why not, in heaven's name? Because the proceedings against those ministers were determined, completed, and the sentence carried out, whilst in your case the same thing cannot take place. Another blow? Why not? A peculator is, under any circumstances, a criminal. Criminals who know how to find a safe asylum are never in danger. What? Make my escape? Fly? No, I do not mean that. You forget that all such proceedings originate in the Parliament, that they are instituted by the Procureur-General and that you are the procurer-general. You see that, unless you wish to condemn yourself. Oh, cried Fouquet, suddenly, dashing his fist upon the table. Well, what? What is the matter? I am procurer-general no longer. Aramis, at this reply, became as livid as death. He pressed his hands together convulsively, and with a wild, haggard look, which almost annihilated Fouquet, he said, laying a stress on every distinct syllable, You are procurer-general no longer, do you say? No. Since when? Since the last four or five hours. Take care, interrupted Aramis coldly. I do not think you are in the full possession of your senses, my friend. Collect yourself. I tell you, returned Fouquet, that a little while ago someone came to me, brought by my friends, to offer me fourteen hundred thousand francs for the appointment, and that I sold it. Aramis looked as though he had been struck by lightning. The intelligent and mocking expression of his countenance assumed an aspect of such profound gloom and terror that it had more effect upon the superintendent than all the exclamations and speeches in the world. You had need of money, then? he said at last. Yes, to discharge a debt of honor, and in a few words he gave Aramis an account of Madame de Belliere's generosity, and the manner in which he had thought it but right to discharge that act of generosity. Yes, said Aramis, that is indeed a fine trait. What has it cost? Exactly the fourteen hundred thousand francs, the price of my appointment, which you received in that manner without reflection. Oh, imprudent man! 
I have not yet received the amount, but I shall to-morrow. It is not yet completed, then? It must be carried out, though, for I have given the goldsmith, for twelve o'clock to-morrow, an order upon my treasury, into which the purchaser's money will be paid at six or seven o'clock. Heaven be praised, cried Aramis, clapping his hands together. Nothing is yet completed, since you have not yet been paid. But the goldsmith? You shall receive the fourteen hundred thousand francs from me, at a quarter before twelve. Stay a moment. It is at six o'clock this very morning that I am to sign. Oh, I will answer that you do not sign. I have given my word, Chevalier. If you have given it, you will take it back again, that is all. Can I believe what I hear? cried Fouquet, in a most expressive tone. Fouquet, recall his word, after it has once been pledged. Aramis replied to the almost stern look of the minister by a look full of anger. Monsieur, he said, I believe I have deserved to be called a man of honor. As a soldier, I have risked my life five hundred times. As a priest, I have rendered still greater services, both to the state and to my friends. The value of a word, once passed, is estimated according to the worth of the man who gives it. So long as it is in his own keeping, it is of the purest, finest gold. When his wish to keep it has passed away, it is a two-edged sword. With that word, therefore, he defends himself as with an honorable weapon, considering that, when he disregards his word, he endangers his life and incurs an amount of risk far greater than that which his adversary is likely to derive of profit. In such a case, monsieur, he appeals to heaven and to justice. Fouquet bent down his head as he replied, I am a poor, self-determined man, a true Breton born. My mind admires and fears yours. I do not say that I keep my word from a proper feeling only. I keep it, if you like, from custom, practice, pride, or what you will. But in all events, the ordinary run of men are simple enough to admire this custom of mine. It is my sole good quality. Leave me such honor as it confers and so you are determined to sign the sale of the very appointment which can alone defend you against all your enemies yes i shall sign you will deliver yourself up then bound hand and foot from a false notion of honor which the most scrupulous casuists would disdain i shall sign repeated fouquet Aramis sighed deeply, and looked all round him, with the impatient gesture of a man who would gladly dash something to pieces, as a relief to his feelings. "'We have still one means left,' he said, "'and I trust you will not refuse me to make use of that.' "'Certainly not, if it be loyal and honorable, as everything is, in fact, which you propose. I know nothing more loyal than the renunciation of your purchaser. Is he a friend of yours?' certainly but but if you allow me to manage the affair i do not despair oh you shall be absolutely master to do what you please whom are you in treaty with what manner of man is it i am not aware whether you know the parliament most of its members one of the presidents perhaps no only a councillor of the name of vanel aramis became perfectly purple vanel he cried rising abruptly from his seat. Vanel, the husband of Marguerite Vanel? Exactly. Of your former mistress? 
"'Yes, my dear fellow, she is anxious to be the wife of the procureur-general. "'I certainly owed poor Vanel that slight concession, and I am a gainer by it, "'since I, at the same time, can confer a pleasure on his wife.' "'Aramis walked straight up to Fouquet and took hold of his hand. "'Do you know,' he said very calmly, "'the name of Madame Vanel's new lover?' "'Ah, she has a new lover, then? "'I was not aware of it. "'No, I have no idea what his name is. "'His name is Monsieur Jean-Baptiste Colbert. "'He is intendant of the finances. "'He lives in the Rue Croix de Petitchamp, "'where Madame de Chevreux has been this evening, "'to take him Mazarin's letters, "'which she wishes to sell.' "'Gracious heaven!' murmured Fouquet, "'passing his hand across his forehead, from which the perspiration was starting. You now begin to understand, do you not? That I am utterly lost, yes. Do you now think it worth while to be so scrupulous with regard to keeping your word? Yes, said Fouquet. These obstinate people always contrive manners in such a way that one cannot but admire them all the while, murmured Aramis. Fouquet held out his hand to him, and at the very moment a richly ornamented, tortoise-shell clock, supported by golden figures, which was standing on a console table opposite to the fireplace, struck six. The sound of a door being opened in the vestibule was heard, and Gorvia came to the door of the cabinet to inquire if Fouquet would receive Monsieur Vanel. Fouquet turned his eyes from the gaze of Aramis, and then desired that Monsieur Vanel should be shown in. End of chapter 48 Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah.